Welcome to Power Talk Podcast, where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Welcome to the podcast with Reverend Matthew DeLeon and Pastor Paul Chicato. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, my pastor? Very good. Good, good, good. How's this weather been treating you? Oh, I love it, especially today. So, What was it? Like, uh, it's supposed to... It's a 72. That can't be right. It might be right. It's pretty cool out. It's only supposed to get to like 80 today. So You're kidding me. Isn't that yeah. wonderful? Here we are in June, June the uh, the 8th. You know? Well, it's wonderful in June when you consider just a week ago we hit 106. And it was hot. Man. And I mean, so to have a 25 to 26 degree, you know... Uh, cool down. That's know. pretty amazing for this time of the year in Ex- June. Exactly. To, it was, coming into your house right now and just having the windows open and that breeze flowing through, man, yeah, it's way, way better than having the AC on. You're not kidding. I love it. I love it. Well, before we get to our topic, Mike Pastor, is there anything that you've noticed in the news, sports, political, that has just kind of intrigued you, bothered you, concerned you, uh, something that the Lord has shared with you? recently uh you know nothing major but i do uh, but the thing that just kind of keeps impacting me a little bit is uh is that even though what we're seeing right now in the united states is that well when i say this i i i know that i'm not the only one that foresaw this but but we knew that after the election that inevitably uh the whole covid thing was going to start dying down pretty drastically or pretty quickly um and again People can attest that too because we've done such a good job of containing the virus, which in reality is, I don't really believe is a reality because yeah. COVID's been around since the early 60s when they discovered it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, are there new strains of COVID? Possibly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just know that this thing is is not new. Right. But, but it's interesting to me that since the election, how fast all of a sudden... We've gone from record high numbers at the moment our newest president uh, got into office. Yes. And then all of a sudden overnight it's disappearing. And I, when I listen to him, I'm like hearing him do anything any different than, than previous. The, the previous president. Yeah. And so, again, it's not to really blame government. My point is, though, that you will find mm-hmm. that in this last day that a lot of people will have hands mm. in the decision-making on how things should be go- going. Mm. And if they want to keep things at an elevated uh, level and fearful tactic and use fearful tactics to keep something going, they'll do so. And if they want it to die down, they have the power to do so because they have the power of the media behind them. So to me, I hear the words hidden agenda. And if if people have the influence and power, Mm -hmm. they're going to use that to keep that agenda, their agenda going. Yeah. And and I'm not going to point fingers at to where that's exactly coming from, but, but we definitely see it. It's with, within our political officials Mm -hmm. and those individuals that are, that really have a lot of say as to how this country kind of moves and the yeah. sway of the kind of like a wave, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. they, they kind of go in with the wave and they kind of come go out with the tide, you know. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of influence on that and they use the media to be able to direct that. And to me, this is where you see the enemy's hand at play. Mm-hmm. You mentioned in our staff meeting the, the devil's in the details. Yes. And this is what the world is not seeing is the devil in the details. Yes. I think partly because, you know, you look at the, our world, our nation in, in itself. There's a lot of sin going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of just morality. Just We talk about this so often, but it's so true. Morality has gone down. 
Yes. Even more so, it yeah. seemed like these past, these past two years, yes. where churches have, we see the, the attendance decrease big time. So that's proof in itself that yeah. morality has gone down. Yeah, people, for sure. people are not finding church to be beneficial to them, nor exciting. Whatever it is you want to think about church and, and people's view of church or perspective, so to speak, they're not going to church. And it's not the churches per se as much as the way, the way COVID hit, it just put people at like an solemn sleep. You, you know why? Because I think as people, we tend to look at things. Mm-hmm. We, we, so that means that our, our, the level of our eyesight is no different than the height of our, uh, of our physical status. That's so good. if you're six foot tall, you don't see anything above six feet tall, That's six good. feet. That's My it. point is simply is that we tend to look outward mm-hmm. rather than upward. Mm-hmm. And so church is just a thing that you do mm-hmm. rather than understanding how it's connected and so important to the one that you say you serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the church is all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not about just a place that you go or a thing that you do right. or something that makes you feel good and participate. It's about who Jesus is yeah, yeah. in that it's a reflection of everything that he is. Mm-hmm. All the people that are in it are fellowshipping. Isn't that exactly what kind of what kind of God we would serve? Is that He would fellowship with us? Amen. Sure, good. Good. He fellowships with us according to Scripture. Um, isn't it a place where we can get encouragement? Yeah. And yet, isn't that exactly what the w- prophecy is also in mm-hmm. Scripture? Is it? It's edification Amen. and encouragement. That's good. That's good. Well, so that's then good. that's who we should see in Jesus. You see, so we don't look at churches. As these things that are a part of who Jesus is, right? Even though that's what he is, he is. Yes. When we look at the church, we should see a lot of Jesus. Yes. But we don't. We look at it as a thing that we do on a Sunday. We yeah. look at it as something that's that's kind of a part of our lives. Yeah. But we can also take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. If there's something more important, we can leave it. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing going important, it might be more important that day. Um. It, but it's Jesus. And it's to me that the priorities have just really took a flip. Mm-hmm. You know, we see people more running, uh, after running on a Sunday morning than getting ready to go to church on a Sunday morning. People, yeah. the golf courses are full. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, grocery stores are full. And those things can typically wait till after church. You know, mm-hmm. it just shows you where people's priorities are at right now. Yeah. And, and again, the church attendance has been a thermometer as of recently for the morality and the spirituality of our nation. Yeah. And and I'm not against people taking days off, let's say, or vacations and even extended vacations. My only concern is, is that if you look at church as nothing but something you do on Sunday, then you don't really see Jesus. Because Jesus is um, equated to the church. Now, that's understanding. That's good. That's he good. loves his church. That's the very individuals that right. he died for. And so for us to pawn it off as something very unimportant. Yeah. When we do have the time to go, yeah, then that's the way we must see Jesus too. That's so good, I, when I, Pastor. When you say this, I think of Psalms one thirty three, and it says, "How good it is when the brethren get together." Mm-hmm. It's like oil pouring down the beard and yes. the cloak of Aaron. Yes, that's fellowship. It is, and Jesus looks at the church when they get together. When we all get together, yeah, Jesus looking like that, thinking, "This is beautiful. Yes, this is what I love." And yep. people are denying themselves that opportunity. To grow, and there's conviction in there too. If yeah. you're not living correctly, we need that as well. We uh, need that accountability, my pastor. It's the truth. Look, the Lord loves personal relationship with His people because mm-hmm. that's what the church is meant to do too. Right. But that's not all the church is about. It's mm-hmm. also that coming together, like you were saying, mm-hmm. is that makes you know. It's it's kind of like when my children would play together. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I couldn't stand is when they would fight. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, why? Because I want them as a parent to love one another. Yeah, that means get along, share yeah. with one, share yeah. share with each other, work it out, work it out, love each other, beat back each other up. Mm-hmm. You see, this is kind of the way the Lord looks at yeah. the church. Yeah, that's good. My and when we want to stay apart from the very ones that we should be backing up, yeah. we should want to help. We yeah. should want to love on each other. That's good. We should want to share with one another, make each other laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so many other wonderful things that come from what churches. Yeah. The Lord loves to see His children interact with one another. That's so good because verse 3 of Psalms 133, it says, Unity or fellowship is as refreshing yeah. as the dew from Mount Haran. It says, and, the, and there the Lord is pronouncing His blessing, even life's blessings. Yeah. Everlasting. Yeah. So when we get together, my pastor, there's a blessing in that. That's right. When we fellowship together at church on, on Sundays and midweek if we have them. There's a blessing on that. That's right. God's blessing is on that fellowship. That's God's exactly blessing right. is on that unity, my pastor. That's exactly right. I mean, I mean, that's rewarding in itself. Yes, it is. I love fellowshipping with you, but now thinking about it, now reading this, there's I get a blessing on top of fellowshipping with Pastor Paul, right? With Brother Matt, with right. our other people outside at church, before church, and after church. Right. How awesome is that? There's a blessing with that. It's a huge blessing, and uh, it's extremely important that we just because. These situations that are our politicians, people just in general, our yeah. neighbors, uh, the media, whatever, yeah. that we don't get hooked on what everybody else is saying, that we get right back to the thing that kept our foundation strong, and yeah. that's Jesus. And mm, the more you good. get closer to Jesus, the more you'll want to be with, together with Jesus' children. Yes. And that's the uh, those that say they love one another. And to me, this kind of segues into our topic, contradictions. Yeah. Very much. I mean, we're seeing that at an all-time high. (laughs) You mentioned politicians. Let's be honest. They say one thing and do another. Yeah. They promise one thing and don't come through. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so we're seeing that. We're in a a day, Pastor Paul, where contradictions, as well as low immorality and things of that nature, are all-time high. Mm -hmm. Contradiction. Yeah. We have see we see people say one thing yet do another. Yeah. With your experience, my pastor, seeing this as a pastor for the past you've been pastoring now for seventeen years at Bakersfield. Yes. Almost seventeen years. Wow, just amazing. That in itself. And it's a real feat in itself, mm-hmm. given the spiritual climate. It's hard to operate a church. Yes. A, a new church. Yeah, it is. I get stepping into one that already exists with a congregation that's already there. Yeah. But like yourself, to start fresh and brand new, not being familiar with Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And here you are still. 17 years later. Yeah. But with that give, with that being said, my pastor, contradictions are all-time high. What has been the biggest contradiction you've seen as a pastor looking at people, either as a pastor or whatever, what has been one of the biggest contradictions you've seen? Uh, the biggest contradiction, it, it tends to be, it usually, I, I can't pinpoint a specific thing. It can be many. It can be. But, what, but one thing I can say is that most contradictions usually evolve into something that we don't see within ourselves. Wow. Honestly, you know, it's funny because I remember one time uh, I, I was talking with an individual and they were talking about how, you know, the they just don't, they don't get angry. When they get angry, they don't cuss anymore. And I was like, okay, this is not that big deal. It was cool. I was like, yeah, hey, that's great. You know, you obviously God's doing, doing a work in their life and they're yeah. really getting healed from that. And yeah. Struggling with it when they get angry, not to use, you know, foul language and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, well, that's wonderful. God's working on them. But right after that, there was a situation that took place. They got extremely angry mm-hmm. and I happened to be there and they used a cuss word. And I'm like, 
whoa, this is a person. And it was funny because literally after they had cussed, I, I don't know. It was weird to me. Mm-hmm. I still can't explain it. Yeah. But about 20 minutes later, they had come to me and they said, man, I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't be getting mad like that. And they weren't mad at me, but it was a situation. Yeah. And I just happened to be there. But yeah. they felt guilty because mm-hmm. they saw they knew because I was there. Yeah. And I said, hey, it's no it's biggie. Just, you know, it's all right. Just 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 ask the Lord to forgive you. You know, I mean, it didn't bother me. It was yeah. between you and God. And during when they said, but prior to that, when they got angry, they had said a cuss word. And it was interesting when only when they came and asked me to forgive them which you know like i said is between them and god Lord, as yeah. far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. but he had said something really interesting he said you know he goes i can't believe it even as angry as i was at one time i you i would have cussed and i'm like you just said a cuss word though and it was like they didn't hear it it was like he said it but he didn't realize he had said it i don't know it was all weird i can't explain it interesting but but the contradiction is, is that they themselves don't even see the double standards that they live and yet it's wow. right there in their own mouth and the reason why i bring this up is because how many times do we create these double standards or contradictions and yet people hear that and yet they're saying there's they say they believe one thing but everybody else is seeing them believe another or live another wow Wow. and i'm like wow i you know i don't know what to do with this i wanted to tell him dude you did use a four-letter word right did you not hear it and yet in his mind i didn't say anything wrong i didn't use verb i didn't use vulgar language to express my anger like i would have at one time and i'm Mm -hmm. like okay are you trying to cover up the fact that you actually know you did say it or did you not really hear what you just said i don't know to this day I just know that this is the kind of contradictions that we tend to live because we get it so locked in because we feel like we're better than what we were. And that's probably the truth is we are. Maybe we really are better than what we used to be. And that's wonderful that Mm -hmm. we're growing. But to assume that we've attained it. Right. When in reality, everybody else is still saying, no, you aren't what you say you are. We sometimes may be believing things about ourselves that may yeah. not be true. Yeah, that's good. You know, kind of, you got me thinking about the definition of contradiction. It's a clash of words. Yes. So it's a clash of words and a clash of actions. So we say one thing. Yes. And we're doing another. So it's a, there's a clash in that. Yes. And so it's making us look um, not reputable as a person. Right. That's not making us look like we're people of our word. And that's why I believe contradiction, this topic is so important, Pastor is the fact that we say one thing, whether it be a religious person, a father, a parent, a husband, a wife, whatever, we say one thing in our word, and then we go back on it. Yes. And so people have that view of us. Yes. And so what good or bad, there is a view. In the case of contradiction, it's a bad view. Right. It's a bad view. You know, if you show up late for something, then you're not a timely person like you say you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? exactly right. And so if we say we're a religious person, we're trying, and yet we're, we're doing immoral things, we're not moral person. Right. And and better yet, like you just, the, the example you gave, do we understand what morality is or cussing, what cussing is in that, in that case? Right, right. Especially in that. And you know, let me give you a definition of, uh, you, you gave a good one there, but but watch, watch the definition that I found. Yeah. Uh, it's something illogical, uh, something that has aspects that are illogical or inconsistent with each other. Ooh. That's what it means to contradict. And I'm like, that's good. I like that one. That is so like right on. It's it's inconsistent. So what you're saying and what you're, is being done, yeah, are contradicting each other. In other words, they're inconsistent with one another. So you got, you just move my mind right there. So words and actions 
are not lining up. They're not up. lining up. There you go. Wow. And it's very, wow. this is this is what That's I good. tend to see in the world around us. You know, we speak a lot of good things, but we don't see a lot of good things. And I think, what, you know, it's interesting. You ever watched, it's kind of like when you watch a, a, you know, a series on TV. And I'm amazed how many series, like when they, when you watch it on TV, a lot of the values that they promote are very, very consistent with conservative values. Yes, yes, yes. But when you listen to their life, well, yes. it's like, wow, how come on the it. show they say that this is the right thing to do? Yes. But how come in their private life they don't think, they don't That's, live that way? That is so good. And I'm like, how come you would, how come if you're a really, a, if you don't believe in what you what you portray on TV, yeah. why is it the portrayal are two different things? That's so good. good because example. they live an inconsistent life, and it's true. They don't really hear what they're saying on the show. Mm. On the show, it makes sense. Right. But yet, if they have to make that choice in real life, yeah. it's opposite of what they made on the show. Exactly. That means they live an inconsistent life. Look, if I'm going to do a show, unless I was playing a villain or something, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I knowingly am choosing to do wrong, right? Uh. I would I would never play would never uh, portray something mm -hmm. that is inconsistent with what my real life values are. Exactly. Like I said, unless I was intentionally playing a villain, yeah, well, yeah. then that's different. But mm -hmm. if your values are supposed to be good on the show, yeah, and my values in real life should kind yeah. of match it, they should there should be some agreement there. Exactly, like you're saying, there should be consistency, and I think that's so that's so awesome. Again, it goes in. The people that see it the most are the people you're closest to. Yeah. And they can be either hurt, offended, bothered by it. Yep. And it comes down to, to me when I think about that, when, when you say about the inconsistencies, whether they realize it or not, there's a level of trust. Yeah. Now that's la that they're labeled by. Yeah. I can trust Pastor Paul only so far or Matthew only so far based on the inconsistencies yeah. or the contradiction of from your words and your actions. Yeah. And so yeah. we're actually nailing ourselves in a, in a coffin so to speak yeah by we keep saying one thing we confess one thing and yet we do another and i think that this is why there's not a lot of people that respect one another anymore Ooh. they not only not respect them but we also don't trust them so we don't respect them because we see Good. two different people. We see a person who says they're this, but then we see a person who's doing this. That's so good. But then because of that, how do we trust them? Right. Well, you know, a lot of these people I wouldn't trust with with a million dollars to say protect my million dollars because I'm you see like their financial stats. Yeah, I I see their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Is quite, it doesn't really match up with the things that they say. Yeah. And so I couldn't trust them with certain things. So my point is that mm -hmm. there's such a lifestyle of contradiction around us anymore. Yeah. Nobody really respects one another and nobody really trusts one another. And so when you find those people, we we call them what we call them as a rarity. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're a rarity. Yeah. Well, that's that's wonderful for that person, but it's sure a terrible definition when you consider all of the people in the world around them. Wow. That means I can pick Okay, so for instance, if I was to pick a lineup out of 100 people, mm -hmm. and I knew those 100 people, and I put Matthew right in the middle, you right in the middle, yeah. I already know I can trust Matt because I have a great respect for Matt. Yes. But I don't know about these other 99. Exactly. That's bad when these other given. 99 don't get that. And that's given. You know, it's going to be mm -hmm. obvious. But like you said, if there's not even a, a desire to change, that's bad. Yeah. But, you know, when I was growing up, again, I always kind of allude to this. 
But when I was growing up, it was more one one out of every 99 was the one you couldn't trust. Now it's mm. only one in 99 that you can trust. It's reversed. How, I mean, how And it's tables, reversed quickly. I mean, how the tables have churned, Pastor yeah. Paul, which is, I believe, this is why this topic is so essential. Because at the end, we need to, not only do we need to recognize it, but we need to correct it. Yeah, we need to correct it. I mean, we're called to be world changers. Yeah. History makers. Yeah. Right? And it starts with stop contradicting ourselves with words and actions. Yes. Don't don't allow them to not line up. We got to get them to line up from That's this right. point on. And we can only we do did. that we can only do that with the strength of the Holy Spirit. Yes. I mean, because we tried ourselves before Christ. It didn't work. Right. we we were we were making mistakes right and left. But when we gave our life to the Lord, my pastor, we the, our compass is the word and yeah. our leading is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And we get to have that where all of a sudden our our contradictions, our inconsistencies become far less and less. Yes. It doesn't happen overnight. Like you said, it takes work. It takes practice. It takes meditating on the word and, and understanding, you know, who God is and who we are in Christ. Yeah. To, to eliminate the contradictions. No, it really does. It takes all those things because when you contradict yourself, it leads to the, really a second level of contradiction. And the second level of contradiction is when you and I don't agree. Oh. See, so if you say one thing and I say one thing, that's called a contradiction. Mm-hmm. And that's called, that's what creates two things, arguments yes. and disagreements. Oh, that's good. That's another layer of contradiction. It's another layer of contradiction. I like, I like it. And we even see this kind of contradiction in scripture. Mm. Um, the, it was, it, we see it in like, um, well, we don't really see it here, but 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 Paul talks to Timothy about it. Okay. So we okay. see in 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, um, command those who are... Re- okay, no, he says, O Timothy, he's finishing it up in oh, 1 Timothy 6. What, what verse he said, I'm sorry? 1 Timothy 6. Okay. Uh, oh, verse 20, I'm sorry. Verse 20, yeah. yeah. verse 20. And it says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. So he's telling him, I want you to guard. So in this case, it could have been a couple of things. It could have been mm. the people that Paul said here, I'm entrusting my people to you. Right. It could have been the word that had been spoken to him. In other words, guard it. Don't let somebody, uh, you know, uh, di- oh, di- don't yeah, let anybody yeah. convince you of something different. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's more the word here. Now, here's why. Okay. He says here, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane. In other words, what's a profane thing? It's a word. Yeah. And idle babblings, things that are spoken, in other words and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge by professing it some have strayed concerning the faith so paul's telling timothy timothy be extremely careful of contradictions he says because they may sound really good these contradictions right these contradictions you may say i believe that jesus is lord but others may say that Jesus, that Satan is Lord. You know, okay, this is an extreme thing. Yeah, yeah. And they may do everything possible to try to convince you, but it's a contradiction of what you believe. Exactly. So be careful of these contradictions. So what happens is it brings arguments and disagreements. It's funny because that's one of the definitions I got, my pastor, to deny what is truthful. Yeah. And that's the big thing that Paul, the Apostle Paul saying, Timothy, don't deny the truth. That's right. Be careful of what some what somebody else is teaching you. Yes. You stick to what you know. Then there won't be any contradiction. Wow. There's no contradiction that so way. So there's nothing to be confused about. Nothing to be confused about. And so we got to be extremely careful because you'll find that people that contradict themselves in their own personal life 
tend to bring their own definitions to the table of what life wow. is about, wow. creating more contradictions, not just in their own life, but with others. They're spreading that contradiction. They're spreading that contradiction. So honestly, when you say it like that, my pastor, contradiction could be a disease to your mental health. It can. I mean, think about I mean, to your mental health, yep. what you knew to be like with Timothy, what he knew to be good and true, if we're listening to the wrong people, it can get warped. Yes. It can get thwarted. Mm-hmm. It can become confusing. Confusing. So let, let me give you the best example. All you got to do is go to your social media right now. <laughs> okay. uh, and I'm not going to bring any up because I have go, so much of it. Go ahead. Not just not just people that I like and follow yeah. as far as friends, yeah. but even non-friends, such as news outlets, mm. uh, such as speakers, uh, people with viewpoints and opinions uh, that have their own uh, mm-hmm. That have their own political uh, mm-hmm. uh, segments yeah. on social media yeah. that they post. Mm-hmm. Every one of these people, seventy-five percent of everything I look at mm-hmm. is a contradiction or someone saying I disagree with this individual. Yeah. So, for instance, go to Fox News. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of it is about news that the ca- newscaster or the news anchor is mm-hmm. saying I disagree with, with. this liberal. Mm-hmm. With individual mm-hmm. with CNN or a politician that's mm-hmm. a liberal. Mm-hmm. In other words, we have different viewpoints, and ninety percent of everything that's on there is different viewpoints, mm. and it's in other words, it's two individuals contradicting one another. Right now, I obviously would say one is probably more right than the other, but nonetheless, that's what this world is built off of anymore is contradiction. Right. And our our viewpoint is always going to lean towards what the Word of God says. Right. Period. Because that's our life as Christ, as mm-hmm. Christians. Our life is supposed to model the Word, yeah. not the world, the news outlets like you were referring to, right. what famous movie stars are saying, what sports athletes are saying. It's what the Word of God is saying. I mean, that eliminates, like you just said, I love how you said it, but that eliminates confusion on every level. It eliminates it. And this is why, again, it brings two things. All they're doing with one another is arguing. They're arguing a point of view. What does that mean? It's because they are in disagreement. You only argue what you disagree with. Mm. That means they contradict one another. And so this is why there's so much confusion. This is why people have got to get back to the foundation of what truth is. Truth can only be found in Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, ultimate truth. And from there, we we grow in wisdom. Right. Because truth is the source of all wisdom. Wisdom isn't the source of truth. Truth is the source. Uh, wisdom is the w- truth is the source of wisdom. If you want wisdom, you gotta know truth, uh, because otherwise it's impossible to have to make wise decisions or understand what Jesus would teach you if you didn't know truth. And again, to me, you can you can um, have a message based on that title. Yeah. Yeah. That truth is a source of wisdom. Of, of wisdom. Of yes. wisdom. I mean, because again, politicians need it. Parents need it. Children need it. entrepreneurs need it business people need it i mean we need to know the truth is the source of wisdom that's why when i hear people tell me about others that oh this person's really wise i am always a little skeptical at first because most people don't know what true wisdom is (laughs) because most people don't have a truth in them they might have a conservative values that they have common sense right right see this is the world's way Uh, conservative values create common sense Mm. We call that truth and wisdom, but it's not. Mm. Truth comes from Jesus. Mm. 
Okay, and then wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the truth that's built is built off of God, Jesus's word, word, because His word is built on truth. truth. And the truth comes from that. The truth that comes from that, it comes from the Holy Spirit pulling wisdom out of that truth, mm -hmm. wisdom to make godly decisions, wisdom to understand the world and the way it's working. So that way, because if you don't have that foundation of truth, there is no way you'll ever have true wisdom. Wow. Because only the Holy Spirit gives wisdom. Which explains the chaos that we see out there. It totally does. The inconsistencies, the like you were saying, the yes. inconsistencies in yep. marriages, in children, and raising children from parents. Yes. I see so many children disappointed in parents, my yes. pastor. So many children disappointed in their own parents. Yes. But they're living a life of contradictions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just like, who, do they, who can they look to if they can't look to their parents? Right. You know, how disappointing is that for them? That That's where the source of all, all, all really of knowledge in the early that's, stages of our life come yeah, from. Yeah. And when that's absent, they, they that. have to fend for themselves. That's we good. all have to. We all have to figure it out on our own. The truth is we're not smart enough to figure it out on our own. Mm. I'm not saying that there's not enough intelligence to be able to live life to a certain degree with happiness and stuff like Absolutely. that. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about enough that we would, would encapsulate your eternal state exactly also too just on the natural your level of happiness right that's also affected by the lack of your the parenting skills that being offered to you by your own parents yeah the level of happiness that we have based on our parents my pastor and we both yes. experienced that yes. you know with your parents and my own parents as well yes. it was predicated on our parents teaching their wisdom mm -hmm. their understanding or lack of it was predicated on that. Yeah, it was, and, and and you see it in each generation. Each generation kind of gives off one new That's level good. of inconsistencies. There it is, which creates greater contradictions in their lives. And so you'll see, yeah, great grandma and grandpa may have made decent decisions, but it's mm -hmm. good possibility great great grandma and great great grandma mm -hmm. were probably serving the Lord. Maybe not at the highest level, maybe not to the fullest, but they were serving the Lord. But what happens is, is with each successive generation, if you don't instill it into your children, okay. I call it dumbing down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What happens is, is that the values get dumbed down before they mm -hmm. get smartened up. Crazy. And those values are needed. Yes. We need those values. And the only way those values get created to where we level up in our values or we dumb down our values is based on what do we share with our children. You see, a lot yeah. of parents, a lot of families in the past would share it with their children. But somewhere along the line, we stop sharing it. So what happens is, is the values get dumbed down. Mm -hmm. Then they get dumbed down with the next one. Mm -hmm. They get dumbed down. And then you talk to those children later on, two yeah. or three generations later, mm -hmm. and they'll tell you, well, my parents never taught me that. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Well... My parents were never taught either. Yeah. And then you go back and you start seeing the history of why they never learned. Exactly. And those should be fundamentals yes. that these children should be living, mm -hmm. be, be productive citizens in their community, yep. in their city. Yep. And they're not being productive. Yes. They're, you know, in fact, they're not even happy. You know, I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm the best or have been the best, but I have taught most of my values to my children. Mm-hmm. You know, my values and yeah. the biblical and the godly yeah. values in yeah. one way or another. Did I sit them in circles every day and teach them? the No, no. But constantly, every time a lesson opportunity came up, yeah. I, yeah. I taught them. Yeah. I used it as an opportunity. And to me, we talked this before behind the pulpit at church, but your life is that model. Yes, it is. Your life, your words, what you do when they're looking and not looking, whatever, your life is that model. Yes, and so they, they've got a lot put into them. So that way, um, as they grow, they can now 
that they can now release that to the next generation that they raise. Wow. You see, we're, we're creating a value system that's getting handed up mm. rather than dumbing down. And so as we hand it up, I know that my kids will take what they've been learned from me mm -hmm. and they'll increase upon it and yeah. they'll teach even more. And then the next generation and all the way down, my generations in the future are going to be, we're going to grow huge and it's going to be an amazing family tree full of great values. And they're going to know way more than what I did in probably two or three generations from now. Wow. But it starts here. That's good. So what you're saying is contradictions, the people who are affected the most when we start contradicting our words and our actions is our children. It seems to be the children. It does. So if we live a contradicting value, you know, for instance, I have a neighbor, had a neighbor, loved him, good, you know, good guy. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I lived next door to him for like seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, almost inevitably, he would come to me and talk to me. He had a lot of issues and I yeah. felt for him. We'd pray together. I'd share with him some things he needed to do. Mm -hmm. But he said this almost every time we were together, at yeah. least multiple times over the seven and a half years. He'd say, you know what? I'm going to come to your church one day and hear you preach. Okay. The truth is, I don't really care if he ever does. That's totally up to him. Mm -hmm. But when you tell me something and you don't follow through, oh, that's you're, cool. you're lying to yourself and you're lying to me. So that means you're contradicting yourself. There's a contradiction here. Wow. Are you going to or are you not going to? I think in his mind he had every intention to. Right. But I think when it came to actually getting up on Sunday morning and actually making his way, it changed. Right. You see, what he, what he said he could do and what he actually would do are two different things. Exactly. So that means there's a contradiction there. Mm -hmm. Now, what is that? To me, it's a lie. He's I'll get lying ready to say to that. Me. Let's get ready to say that. And because he's lying to me, I already knew at some point after about two years into it, he's never going to come. Right. He's never going to show up. Truth is, I'm not going to live or die based off of whether he shows up or not. And mm. I would always tell him, hey, you're still more than welcome. We'd yeah. love to have you just come and yeah. visit. Yeah. Whatever. But, but follow through on your words because if you don't, this is what you're teaching. And I told him this mm. one day. I said, look, whether you know it or not, when you tell somebody something, and you don't follow through, I would imagine this is why you have family problems. And I told mm. him this. I said, because if, you will, wow. if you're if you lying to me, how many more times have you lied to them? Wow. And it like clicked in him. He was like, oh my goodness, after all these years, I said, you probably just don't see it, but you're a liar. Wow. I wow. said, I know you don't intend to intentionally lie, but somewhere there's a disconnect between what you say and what you do. By any chance, do you still have that definition open for contradiction? Yes, I do. Which might be reading that Okay, again? so the definition of contradiction is this. Something that has aspects that are illogical or inconsistent with one another. And that's exactly what your neighbor displayed. Yeah. His, they were illogical ideas, illogical thoughts meeting up with, with inconsistent actions. They were just illogical and inconsistent. And funny thing is, it's not hard to get in your car and go to church on a Sunday. It's not. But in his mind, probably saying it was enough. Maybe to make make me happy because he knew I was a pastor. Mm. Maybe to make himself feel good. I do not know. But somewhere there's mm. a disconnect between the between the thought wow. and what he said yeah. and the action and what he did. And it's funny. You got me thinking about one word that it can be incorporated with, uh, with uh, contradictions is motives. Like, what was his motive of even telling that to begin with? Like you said, you yeah. don't know what the motive was. Yeah, I don't know. But his, I'm, sure, I'm sure his motives were good. 
Whatever they uh, yeah, were. Yeah, I would assume because I, would I know so. he, know him as a person. He really is a good guy. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. I think his motives were good. I, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But for whatever reason, what would hold him back from doing what he said he would do? Right. That I That is somewhere in there is where the mess is. And I don't know exactly. what it is exactly. Exactly. But I assume that he took that also into his family and didn't see it either, but they did. Wow. So they, he, he even, and this is the way we live our lives. This is why I said earlier, a lot of times we don't even see our own inconsistencies. Wow. So therefore we don't see the contradictions when we, when we speak them yeah. and what we, when we do them. And just, and despite the fact that we don't see it, yeah, we have to realize that others always others do and it's unfortunate and this is why i think the lord told us in matthew that you know what you know what if you have a splinter in your eye well or if you see the splinter in their eye be sure you pull the board out of your own before you pull it out you're right the emphasis is it's bigger in ours it's bigger in ours because the truth is it's real easy to see the contradictions in people's eyes yeah others lives i mean but a lot of times we don't see it on our own until yeah. we're confronted with it. Yeah. Why do you think that is, Pastor? It, you know, why do you think it is that we don't see our own contradictions? I think we grow up in a world that when there's a couple of reasons. One, if you're left unto yourself, you learn to you learn to judge yourself the way you want to be judged. Okay. So being being lonely, or would you have yeah, to say? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying is like so. For instance, let's say you you never really were you were never really punished. Let's say okay. for wrongdoing. As a result, you you don't really put pun. You really don't see others in a in a. Uh, you don't see yourself in a light that when you make a mistake is yeah. being wrong. Yeah. Uh, or it could be the other way. Maybe you were uh, basically Just abused too much. Yeah. too much. Yes. And then you look at everybody else through the same eye, like, well, they did wrong. They did wrong. And so what happens is, is we don't see now no longer the wrong we do because we now portray that on others okay wow. at least i don't do that no more or at least i don't live that way mm. there's a lot of different ways that could go there is it's there? very emotional though mm-hmm. it's very emotional again i don't usually know every answer until i deal with them like in a counseling session individually individually mm-hmm. because then you kind of find out why a person sees things the way they do mm-hmm. you know some people put rose-colored glasses on all the time mm-hmm. so they never see anything wrong mm-hmm. and i get that and there could be a good reason why. Yeah. And then other people, uh, see the they, negative in everything. they see negative in everything. They see the class half empty all yes. the time. Yeah. And so nothing's ever perfect. And I understand why, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of possibly hurts and things in their life. Yeah. Um, and the truth is both are wrong. Mm-hmm. There, there has to be a balance in understanding of not being taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not not allowing the world to defeat you. Not, not trusting anybody. Not trusting anybody either. Mm-hmm. And that could be dangerous. Wow, that's really good. And so if there's not a logical balance of having the truth and that wisdom that you need to balance that out. Yeah. Or you don't look at everybody with a judgeful eye, but also know that there are times we also have to inspect ourselves, like Paul did. Mm. Tells us in, what was it, 1 Corinthians 11 mm-hmm. when he was mm-hmm. talking about communion. Mm-hmm. He says to inspect ourselves first. Yeah. And he used a double word too. He says judge yourself. Judge yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we even see in John chapter six, mm-hmm. um, John chapter six, where Jesus said, uh, in fact, let me read it here really quickly. Like he was talking about judging. And as you're getting there to me, pastor, I'm already, we're already getting the remedies as we get ready to kind of con- conclude our podcast here. But 
to get rid of contradictions, start learning to judge ourselves or like uh, the word you use was inspect yourself. Yes. Inspect yourself. Um, you know, we, we've got to, uh, um, you know, we got to look at it from the right perspective. It's really hard when you're kind of messed up, you know? <laughs> um, and that's pretty common right now for a lot of us. Man. No, it really is. You know I mean, we didn't have the best uh, parental guidance growing up, you know, watching yep. some scary movies as, as little kids, you know? Yeah. yeah we, we, you know, drinking, uh, drinking is allowed underage. You know, you know what I'm saying? Pornography is always, you know, around dad, you know, and just things like that. Not having the best upbringing. Well, I think when you when you're talking stuff like that, I think the contradiction is that yeah, dad dad would drink and get drunk, but then he would tell you not to to use foul language around a woman. Exactly. It's like okay, what one's worse? Your drunkenness is destroying our family, exactly. but you tell me to be kind around a woman. Come on, come on. You see, those are contradictions that a lot of yes. times as young people that we don't understand because right. in reality they don't make sense. It doesn't make sense, which which inspires the confusion like you're referring to. Yes. And so we have Jesus here in John chapter 7. I thought it was 6. It was verse chapter 7. Mm-hmm. And it's it's much bigger, but in verse fourteen all the way to like twenty four, um, Jesus what at this moment, at one point he was telling his brothers in chapter seven, hey, I don't want to go to Jude Judea, instead I'm going to go to Galilee. And his his own brothers were like, well, well, if you're really who you say you are, because even they're even they're they're kind of confused. Yeah, he's to saying that he's been sent from God, but they're like, well. Yeah, but you've been born of a woman. How could you be sent from God if you're born from a woman? Mm. So so Jesus is having to go during the Feast of Tabernacles. And he's like, he doesn't want to go into Judea yet. Because yeah. he knew that the people wanted to kill him. Yeah. Or they wanted to argue with him. Because they there was a contradiction between the fact that, wait a second, you're born of a woman. Mm-hmm. But you're saying you're sent from heaven. Mm-hmm. See, that's a contradiction in their minds. In their minds. In their minds, it's a contradiction. But to Christ, it's not. Not to Christ, it's not. I love it. That's so good. he's that's like, good. That's good. Um, he goes on to tell them, he's like, well, you believe in the law of Moses. How come you can't believe in the Son of Man? And so basically he goes on down. And in verse 23, he says, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me? That I am, a, I I made a man completely well on the Sabbath. So he's talking about the work. He's like, look, why are you guys bashing me? He says, here you are, you you'll you'll follow and honor a man, mm-hmm. but yet I'm doing something that is from heaven. Uh, you're good. you're okay with honoring an earthly command, but what about a heavenly command? Ooh. What about a heavenly command where only God could have healed this man, That's okay. and yet you're bothered with heaven, but yet you're okay with doing world earthly things? Oh, that's so watch what he says. He says in verse 24, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. In other words, he's saying don't judge according to a word, just the word alone, but judge according to what you see in the spirit. Wow. Wow. And he's saying you've got to use spiritual judgment just as much as you've got to use natural judgment. And we cannot use spiritual judgment without Holy Spirit. Without Holy Spirit. And this is why they were struggling because how can you be sent from heaven? But yet we know you were born of a woman. Yeah. But now you're contradicting our laws, saying it's from heaven mm, by healing a man. So good. But yet, 
you know, it's okay to follow a law of a man named Moses. And you can sit here, honestly, my pastor, and explain this for another two, three hours, just to really break it down for our listeners and for all of us who are struggling with contradictions in our lives. Because yes. that is a deep one. Yeah. They're, they're struggling. They're, their contradiction is heaven on earth. Yes. They can't believe heaven reached earth. They can't believe that God wants to heal seven days a week. Yes. They can't, be, they can't believe that God used a woman to bring a heavenly being on earth. The you contradictions know, all threaded through this scripture right there. All through it. And we see it all the time. And this is where they were trying to get Jesus. Because in their minds, they, they heard a lot of things that he said sound very contradictory. Right. But Jesus would explain it. And he was trying to explain to them, no, that what even though I explained you in the natural things mm-hmm. that you would understand, yeah. I'm really talking on a spiritual level here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, the only way we're going to ever deal with our contradictions, here's how it all is fixed. There it is. Jesus talks about pruning. Pruning? Pruning. Okay. Pruning, remember, there's he at one point he talks about laying the axe to the root. Yeah. In other words, what he's saying is, is we got to get rid of anything that's bad. Yes. But he's talking about people. Yes. But then he talks, but that means there's going to be some people that are going to be uprooted and thrown into hell. Yes, yes, But yes. then there's the pruning of somebody who's not going to be uprooted. The individual that's one yeah. choose to live right. Yeah. But he's still saying, yeah, but there's branches on there that are producing nothing but death, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. They're producing things that don't bring life. Right. So that bad attitude of yours that you don't really see right now, that yeah. you keep making excuses for, mm-hmm. that everybody else sees that you say is okay. Yeah. No, that's a contradiction. We need to prune that exactly. out of Exactly. And I love it because also the, the pruning aspect, those areas that are producing fruit, Jesus says, you know what? We could make even more. Yeah. We could produce even more. If you'll allow us to prune the, the things that are contradictory in your life, we can actually grow better fruit and more fruit exactly. by pruning it. And we, you, and listener, you can find that in John chapter 15 where yes. he is the vine and we are the, the branches. branches. So the key to dealing with contradictions in your life starts with pruning mm-hmm. that means you've got to go in like paul tells us in first corinthians 11 mm-hmm. to go out and begin to search out within ourselves and ask yeah. the lord and don't be afraid i like that don't be afraid to ask the lord because the one That's thing that i answer. think all of us are afraid to do That's is so ask good. the lord and he might tell us you know what look that lust that you're dealing with yes okay mm-hmm. let's instead Instead That's of true. trying to make excuses for it, mm-hmm. let's go deal with it. Maybe get a counseling. Yeah. Maybe go into deep prayer. Maybe go into fasting if yes. you need to to break this go. thing. Uh, that that bad attitude that you just struggle with that you think is okay because that's your personality. No, it. it's not your personality. I didn't create you to be angry all the time. I didn't create you to have right. a bad attitude. I didn't create you to speak that way. I didn't create you to think that way and act that way. All these things that we make excuses for, we pawn off as if yeah. it doesn't exist. The Lord might tell you it does. Yeah. And he only tells you for one reason. Mm-hmm. Because he wants it out of your life. So that way you don't live a life full of contradictions. And inconsistencies. And inconsistencies. Because here's at the very bottom of it. If you don't, Mm -hmm. the world looks at you as a hypocrite. And maybe that might be the reason why they don't give their life to Jesus. Mm. So get the hypocrisy out by getting rid of the contradictions. Man, you dropped another one. The closing (laughs) of this segment, man. Contradiction is hypocrisy. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Because we say we're a great Christian. 
but yet we're not willing to deal with the ugly inconsistencies in our life. And listener, I am so sorry we have to close like this, but you got to <laughs> drop the bomb. We got to do but it. Stay tuned for next next week. But honestly, listener, know that we love you Amen. and the truth that we're bringing to you. You know, if it's bringing tears. Yes. If it's bringing conviction, yes, if it's Lord. bringing, and just your eyes begin to open for the very first time about your Amen. life and the life you've lived that's contradicted the truth you want to believe. You know you want to believe the truth, and yet you can't find the strength. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is right there with you. Amen. He's encouraging you. He used Pastor Paul to open your eyes to say to see things you never saw before. Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Read it for yourself and begin to ask yourself, God, how can I judge myself? And number two, God, will you heal me? Because you serve, we serve a God who heals, delivers, and restores. Call on him and he'll answer you. Amen. We love you. We'll see you next week. God bless. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can find us at fellowship.fm and Spotify. If you would like more information, prayer, or want to contact us, go to powerhousechurch.us.